Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Football Friday to you as we're going into the Cards Rams weekend. Roger Federer's legendary career comes to an end. Yeah, I saw there were tears. He yeah, was, him uh, and uh, Rafael Nadal was crying too. Doubles with Rafael Nadal. And Did they win? Did they, they lose? Lost. They, they lost. lost. Yeah, they lost. Yep, they so lost to the two Americans? His career is done. Yeah, his That's why they were crying. That's why they were crying. I, I know. It's over. Yeah. I heard Bickley say today, I'm not rooting for America. Tough sometimes, yeah. you know. You do what's necessary. You're rooting I, against I, your own I, country. I, I would have been rooting against America too. I would have liked to have seen yeah. a little more yeah. Federer and Nadal, and and Two Americans beat him. The uh, end of Federer's career. But yeah, I saw some of the video. Um, there were a lot of tears, a lot of tears. So um, Cardinals and the Rams. And as we do every Friday, we talk football with Steve Kime, general manager of the Cardinals. He joins us at three o'clock, and uh, really good conversation today. And it kind of went off in a. Somewhat unexpected direction. We had asked him just kind of a generic, general question about Kyler Murray. In fact, it was a it was more of a joke than anything else at first. We Cliff had called him a gift from God earlier this week, and so we asked Cliff, or we asked Steve, I should say, "Do you consider Kyler a gift from God?" Here's what he said, but pay close attention to how he starts to answer the question about 15 seconds in. I would say my four kids are gifts from God. I don't know that I would go that far, but um, but I do like him a whole lot, that's for sure, and uh, liked him a whole lot last Sunday night, and um, you know, again, I think it's, it's it's great to see him continue to take those steps as well, you know, just like we talked about last week. You know, you never know how a player's going to respond once they get paid, and uh, can't tell you how proud I am of Kyler, and just, again, the uh, ownership that he's taken in this football team, and the leadership and the voice, uh, he has been exceptional in a number of different areas. You can't tell how a player's going to respond when he gets paid. And we followed up on that, and you asked him, was there ever a doubt how this particular player would respond after getting paid? A lot of different times, you know, you, you just wonder, because I've seen both ways. I've seen guys regress. And uh, I didn't think that was the type of person Kyler was. Sometimes you have to bet on the come. But at the same time, you know, I know Kyler is such a competitor that he ultimately wants to win each week and you know at times he, he's almost so disappointed that you want to encourage him to, to be a little more positive but at the end of the day man he, he is such a competitor put the team on his back and obviously finish the drill for us did put the team on his back carried them it was an incredible moment uh, you know, for him, I mean, you know, you look for, you know, you look for the, we always talked about the Josh Rosen era. It was like, man, was there anything out of those games when he pulled their 13 games he played in where you thought that, okay, maybe this guy, Kyler gives you plenty of those. And obviously in the second half of that game and the overtime, you know, he showed you what makes him a special player, that he can do those things. I like what you said on Monday when we talked about it, man, he's just, that gift of his running, like that gift, it's just, he has it, to do it. you have to do he it because do it. it just, it, it, it drives the other team crazy. Yeah. Because and and this week as you're preparing for Kyler and you're showing that tape, these in their head, these guys are thinking, I gotta have one eye on the guy I'm covering and one eye on Kyler's ability to take off. Like how do we like well, how do you defend that? And you go to your defensive you go to your defensive quarter and you say, How do you defend that? Like how do you how do you want us to defend that? Yeah. 
Like, he's here, he's over there, he's back here, he's at the 22-yard line, he's over by the 10-yard hash mark on the right, then he scores to the left. Like, how, do you, how are we supposed to defend that? Yeah. Well, coming up in our next segment, we're actually going to talk about some of the key matchups, some of the key players in this. We've talked about it a couple times already. One of the key guys in this matchup is Ernest Jones, the linebacker for yes. the Rams, because they, they think he's going to be a spy on Kyler. Like they, they need him to be a spy on Kyler with that. As far as Steve's answer goes about the contract and about Kyler. I got the vibe, the distinct vibe that it wasn't it wasn't Kyler that it was about. It's professional athletes in general. And I think in that regard, True. Steve is absolutely right. In look, that's the richest contract they've ever given a player, all right? When any time a team gives a guy that much money, right? Especially yeah. at that young of an age. Okay. There is always this moment where you hold your breath and go, "Okay, I hope he doesn't let off the gas now that he got paid. You know, I hope he still works as hard. I hope he works harder. I hope he says, hey, you rewarded me with this financial windfall. I'm going to reward you with even harder work than I was giving you before. Because sometimes it goes the other way. And we've all seen it. Guys get that money and they just ease off a little bit. They back away from the gas pedal a little bit. I wasn't worried about that with Kyler. I was a little worried about it. But some, look, some people are worried about that with DeAndre Ayton. You of brought course, that up I, earlier. I, and I, 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 I don't worry I about it. that with about anybody. I honestly do. Like The one guy, it's funny, that I wasn't that worried about it with was Book. Like I, I, he's going to be fine. Right. Now, whether they're going to be right. good, I don't know. He's going to be fine. I, I, I knew where he was at. Just about anybody who gets that kind of contract, I remember worrying about it, rightfully so, and it wasn't even that big of a contract, with Eric Burns all those years ago. With the Diamondbacks? Huh. No, I'm being serious. Yeah, yes. You know, when, when, yeah. when I'm like, oh, that's Remember the short-lived Eric Burns show with yeah. us? Yeah, I think it was two episodes. I think it was probably when you said, hey, I think your theme song should be Take the Money and Run, that that probably went, killed oh, it. Oh, and that was it. That probably killed the Eric Burns show. Like, I can't do a show with these guys. On Burns and Gimble. Mm. Anybody who gets paid like that. Okay. There's always sort of a... <gasps> Hold your breath. Is he going to be okay? And so I think it's justified. But with they, anybody. they bet on they bet on Kyler. Remember what your biggest fear was if they didn't sign Kyler. Your biggest fear if they didn't sign Kyler is that he was going to go somewhere else and do what he great. just did. Yeah. Can you imagine just for a second, just for a second, they didn't sign him. They they decided not to, and they traded him because they weren't going to sign him. And we're watching the highlight films of Kyler Murray do that to another team in another uniform. It's a nightmare. You would have lost it's a your mind. It's it's a worse scenario than. Keeping him, paying him, and he's bad. I'd rather keep him, pay him, and have him be mediocre than not pay him, watch him go somewhere else, and be great. That is ten times the failure (laughs) as it is paying him, keeping him, and he's mediocre. Ten times the failure. Listen, there was a chance Eric Burkhart was going to ask for a trade. If they weren't going to sign him, he wanted a trade. Can you imagine Kyler Murray doing that in another uniform? And you're watching this highlight show, and you're like... Kyler Murray did what? Wow. Wow. Yeah, you like you just you you you'd be beside yourself. You'd be beside yourself. And you can't have that happen. No. More from Steve Kime and this time on Isaiah Simmons. And of course we all by now we've talked it to death the number of snaps he played. Fifteen snaps last week against the Raiders. We're anticipating more this week. Uh Steve Kime kind of made it sound like he is expecting to see more of Isaiah Simmons Sunday against the Rams. Sometimes schematically when you face certain teams, you know, he- he was a guy at Clemson that, that sort of plays that unicorn position like we'd have, where it's like he's all over the place.
over the place. And sometimes those guys, because of their lack of um, experience in certain areas, whether it's in the box or with their eyes or playing downhill, they just need some more uh, experience in that area. But but for Isaiah, again, to me, it's it's like put your best 11 out there and put the guys out there who are going to make plays. And in my opinion, there's no doubt that he's earned the right to be out there some more. Yes. And the best 11, you have to agree that he's in the best 11 players. Now, the snap count and why he didn't play so much, I'm going to continue to say this. I think that there was probably something to do with preparation. It was probably more of a message than anything else. And I would be surprised if those the snap count doesn't go back up dramatically in this game against the Rams. I would be too, but I would be extremely disappointed if this happens again this season extremely if 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 we have another game where Isaiah Simmons level of preparation and practice results in him only getting 15 snaps we're going to have to have some real serious conversations and real tough conversations about whether he's the guy and whether they missed on him. I would say he's not. If you've got to have, if you've got to do this over and over you again, and he's not doing the guy. this, no. you know, you can't. Because I agree with you. This is this is a message being sent to him about his preparation. To me, there's zero debate about that. If you have to have multiple moments like this with him, then he's not the guy. He's never going to be the guy. At least he's never going to be the guy for you. If this is how you have to keep handling him like this, hopefully it's a one time deal. Hopefully it's done. Hopefully it's over. He's a, because he is. He's one of your eleven best players. Yes, he's one of your eleven most athletically gifted defensive players. You got to play him. But if he's not put in the prep to be worth it, that we can only tolerate that so much. You cut bait. I don't think that's the case. And I expect that this week he'll play a whole lot, but we'll see. Yep. We'll know. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Cardinals, Rams, who are we watching? What matchups are we keeping an eye on? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. One of our poll questions today, as it is every Football Friday. Cardinals win by a little. Cardinals win by a lot. Rams win by a little. Rams win by a lot. And Gambo and I... Both picked the Cardinals to win by a little. And I think one of the big reasons for me, I think it's the same for you, is the injury report for the Rams. It's it's their their sure. secondary is a mess. Secondary is a mess. You know, offensive line is kind of a mess. But yeah, you know, this is the first time you feel like the Cardinals are more healthier than another team. They're healthier than another team going into a game. No doubt. And the Rams, look, they still have Aaron Donald, he's terrific. They still have Jalen Ramsey, he's terrific. They still have Matthew Stafford, he can but be they don't have Whitworth. Terrific, but they they're they're yeah, they're missing. They don't have Von Miller. The complimentary guys, more than complimentary guys. They're they're missing some guys. It's not the same team. And and so I still think the Rams are going to be good. I I think they're very beatable this weekend. Let's see if the Cardinals are up to beating. Can the Cardinals win a home game? It's been it's been eleven months. It's been I think 
I saw. I don't want a home game. What's the, what's the losing streak now at home? I it's seven, eight. Their last six at home. Their last seven at home. Let me hold on. Does that go? That was uh, yeah. Look it up. I mean, I haven't won a home game since I believe like the middle of October from last year. Right? They didn't win any home games in November or December last year. They lost all. They lost to the Colts. They lost to Seattle. Okay, hold on. They lost all those games. So they lost to Kansas City. They lost to Seattle. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Panthers. They lost to the Packers. Six games. Six-game home losing streak. Packers. Packers. Panthers. Rams. You forgot Kansas City. Well, I counted Kansas City. Okay, you did. Okay. Yeah. Um, Colts. Seattle, Kansas City. Six-game six losing streak at home. Yes, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. They haven't won a game at home since I started working here. <laughs> it's you. God, you know it what? Maybe. And you know what? It feels like you've been working here forever, man. It's just it's just you taking years off my life. I appreciate you. that. No I, problem. I'm, you know me. I like to blame somebody. <laughs> I gotta blame somebody for I mean, anything. The timing is almost in I mean, ever since we hired you to work here, the Cardinals haven't won a home game. Yeah, I'm, I'm into the blame game. Pretty you don't want the new sus. boss, no. Yeah, it's pretty sus. That's, That's sus. Cap. Cap, 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 cap. That's cap, man. Cap. Sus. Not that nonsense again. Yeah, it's like we're like working on, I think I saw somebody actually added up the days. I think we're working on seriously like close to 320 days since the Cardinals have won a game at home. I mean, it's just absurd. It's absurd. So, yes. And then they go on the road next week, right? Yeah, they're in Carolina next week and then back home against Philadelphia. Right. So. We talked that Philadelphia. So, if you don't win against the Rams in Philly, you, you might actually hit a calendar year before you won a whole game potentially, at home. Yeah, potentially you could. So when we talk about matchups specifically in this game and what to keep an eye on, five Rams to watch or five matchups to watch, one of the players and one of the matchups to keep an eye on, and it might be one of the biggest, is offensive lineman A.J. Jackson, who is now a starter because of an injury to the Rams on the offensive line. That Rams offensive line, because of retirement and injuries, it's it's a bit of a mess. A.J. Jackson versus J.J. Watt. Steve Kime pointed it out earlier. The Cardinals are 8-0 in the regular season when J.J. Watt starts in place. I don't know if that's a bank on it stat or how revealing that stat is. This is a key matchup to the game. Did a good job against Grady Jarrett last week. I mean, he's got good length, you know, being more of a natural tackle. I mean, it's, you know, going to really help him, they think, against J.J. Watt. Uh, But, you know, Jackson's going to be the Rams starting right guard with uh, Tremaine Ankrum injured and Brian Allen's sideline. So he'll get the opportunity. And for J.J. Watt, you got the one sack last week. I'd like to see J.J. Watt build upon that. There's a crazy stat that the Cardinals have not lost a game that JG JJ Watt has uh, started right is it started started, started. regular season games that he's started regular they haven't game. lost yeah. right because they did lose the playoff game but regular right. season games he started they have not lost one but yeah I mean that's a good matchup right there you hope JJ Watt could get the best of uh, AJ Jackson since the Super Bowl and the Rams losing center Brian Allen to injury new left tackle new center new right guard that's a key one to watch Cooper Cup versus Byron Murphy that's another key matchup to watching this game. Neither one of us expect that Byron Murphy's going to win that matchup like he won last week against Devontae Adams. Cooper has to win it. No, but Cooper Cup's really hard to do that too. But you if if he can limit him and not have Cooper Cup have one of those monster Cooper Cup games. You know what this reminds me of job well done. The conversations we used to have about DeAndre Ayton going up against Nikolai Jokic. 
You know, you're not gonna. It's gonna be hard to win the matchup. Good point. Yeah, but can you can you hold your own against him? Can yes. you can you remember those playoff matchups? Like, okay, Jokic is an MVP. Like, you're gonna you're not gonna get the better of him, but you can't let him destroy you. You've got to kind of hold your own, and I think that's what you're looking for, Byron Murphy, to win some of those battles. If Cup gets targeted, there was a game last year. Cup got targeted 15 times. He had 13 catches. Don't let him have 13 catches on 15 targets. Cardinals are the only opponent to keep Cooper Cup under 92 yards. They they actually held him under 70 yards twice last year in their three meetings. Of course, they still won one of those games. But maybe Byron Murphy, you're, I think that's a great way of phrasing it. You don't have to beat him necessarily. Hang Just in there. Hold your own, hold your own. with yeah. him. Yeah. Another key player and another key matchup, and we just mentioned this in the last part of the show, Ernest Jones versus Kyler Murray. Yeah. Ernest Jones is a key player for the Rams because everyone expects he's going to be the spy. He's going to be the guy who tries to keep Kyler from doing Kyler things. Good and we luck. wish you a good luck, Mr. Jones. Yeah. Good Mr. luck, Jones. my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, down, yeah, that's the Counting Crows song, Mr. Jones. Yeah, that's a that's a tough matchup for him. He's been a good player, Ernest Jones, for them. Him and Bobby Wagner, you know, good combination right there. But again, tough matchup for him. If he's going to be the spy on Kyler, you know, Kyler's ability to just create time and make you want to run around. I mean, you know, we saw that last week, how difficult that is. So Ernest Jones had 12 tackles against Atlanta. He's a good player, but that'll be a tough matchup for him. Another key guy and another key matchup in this game is going to be Darion Kendrick. Now you're saying to yourself, who is Darion Kendrick? Yeah. What does he have to do with this? The reason why Darion Kendrick is important, he's a cornerback for the Rams. Troy Hill is out. Kobe Durant is out. David Long Jr., is out. Ken, Kendrick hasn't played this year. He hasn't he has played, not played a game this, this year. year. He's, I believe, a sixth round rookie. I think he's in Georgia. First two games. Go get him now. The Cardinals' wide receiving room is a little thin right now. Rondell Moore's been ruled out, and of course, DeAndre Hopkins is still a couple weeks away from returning. But that secondary is just in shambles in Los Angeles. The hope here is that Kyler is going to be able to take advantage of that because you, you've got some young. Jalen Ramsey's out there, and he's still Jalen Ramsey. But you've got some kids out there that are going to be playing. You, that depth chart has been has been burned to the ground in L.A. Yeah, I mean, this is a uh, was a terrific you know prospect, Kendrick coming out of South Carolina. Uh, just oh, did I say Georgia? I meant okay, South Carolina. Yeah, he out of the state of South Carolina. Oh, okay, he came okay. out of the state of Georgia, South yeah. Carolina. So, you know, just a you know really talented, talented kid, talented player. But again, you know, um, you know he he was a wide receiver, and then eventually he got moved over when he got to Georgia to play. He got moved over to the cornerback spot, and he became you know became a national champion and is a really good player. They're very high on him, but doesn't have a lot of experience. Maybe an area Wycliffe wants to exploit. And then finally, a matchup to watch. I mean, individually. You could say Leonard Floyd versus Kelvin Beecham. I'm just going to Aaron Donald and the Rams pass rush versus the Cardinals offensive line. It's Steve Kime was on with us earlier. Man, he praised that Cardinals offensive line and rightfully so for how they played last week against Vegas. They were terrific. They're going to need to be terrific again.
again against a player in Aaron Donald who, other than that one time the Cardinals shut him down, man, Aaron Donald eats the Cardinals lunch every time he plays them. Every time. Well, Go Cardinals, get him, boys. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals offense of line got a lot of praise. Justin Pugh coming back just solidifies, solidifies everything. Look, you know, you just, you know, Aaron, they shut Aaron Donald down one game last year. It was remarkable. That was the game they won. He came back the next time he played him. He was the NFL Defensive Player of the Week. So uh, they know. They know him well. They know what he's capable of. They've just got to they've got to have a good game plan. I think running the ball will be a big key, to, a key, big key to that as well. In Aaron Donald's seven games since Cliff and Kyler have been with the Cardinals. No, I don't even want to know. Six sacks, eight quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss. I'm actually surprised it's not worse than that. I would have thought it would so have been worse than that. So just about one sack a game? One sack a game, one quarterback hit a game, one tackle for a loss per game. It feels like it should be. I think the pressures, I don't have that stat in front of me. I'm sure the pressures and the hurries and things like that, I'm sure it's really, really yeah. bad. When we come back on Burns and Gambo, zoom out, take a look at the rest of the NFL. And rather than focus on NFC West teams this weekend, which we will eventually, the game of the week, the prove-it game of the week, is in the AFC, and we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We all enjoy your... Hope you're enjoying your Friday out there. Thanks for listening to us here on Burns and Gambo. We're going to take a look around the games this weekend in the NFL. And normally this is an easy one for us, right? We just automatically start with who are the division rivals playing for the Cardinals? We're San Francisco this week. We're Seattle this week. We're the Rams this week. And then we look at the NFC. Where are the good matchups in the NFC? How's the pecking order going to be around them? We almost very rarely do something like this. And we both had the thought to do this like at the same time. The game to watch this weekend, if it's not the Cardinals, it's the Bills and the Dolphins yes. on Sunday morning. Yeah. Two 2-0 two teams, division rivals, Miami. The Bills are not off to a surprising start. The Dolphins are. It's a prove-it game big time down there in South Beach this weekend. Yeah, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Tua, that offense, the explosion. The, the Bills have had their number. The Bills look like they're you know, the clear favorites in the AFC East, but all of a sudden here comes Miami. They win their first two games. Like, okay. Alright, Tua versus Josh Allen. This is going to be a fun game. I, but Allen has had the Bill, the, the Dolphins numbers. He only lost, he's only lost one game in his career to Miami. So he's played very well against them. But if Miami wants to kind of show that, hey, you know, we're in this thing. We could take them out. This will be a good win for them. They're at home. They're at home. So Buffalo at Miami, great game this weekend. Yeah, the thing about Buffalo, and I'm not telling anybody that they don't already know. I know everybody gets so hyper-focused on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and that offense. And, and Josh Allen is, is playing at such a high level right now. That Bills defense, they get after it. They do. And, and they're physical. And they methodically take Take away just about everything you want to do. They did it to the Rams in the opener. They did it on Monday night against the Tennessee Titans. It's like everything you try to do, they remove it from you. One of the things they're the best at is not allowing the deep passing game to beat them. 
and that's kind of Miami's thing. At least it yeah. was last week in their comeback against the Ravens. But according to the Buffalo the Buffalo News, they still could be without starters on the defensive line, cornerback, and safety. So they've got some serious injuries. They just got linebacker Matt Milano back uh, as a full participant in Wednesday's walkthrough. But again, they could be without starters on the defensive line, cornerback, and safety come this game on Sunday. We so come, they are a little banged up. Yeah, we come in here Monday, and Miami's 3-0. and <laughs> We got something to talk about there. All right, now on to the divisional rivals for the team and for the Cardinals. And we focus on Sunday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers going to Denver to take on a nemesis in Russell Wilson, who typically has owned them, yes. who wins a bunch of games, who statistically dominates them. Now Russell Wilson's on a new team. He's got a coach who's under a little bit of fire. And there's been a quarterback change in San Francisco, one that people think will benefit San Francisco when it's all said and done with Jimmy G. Yeah, I think we all, like, you know, when Trey Lance went down with an injury, not that you, you, you want anybody to get injured, but there was a lot of people, you know, in that 49ers locker room that they, they, they know Jimmy G. They trust Jimmy G. They believe in him. Uh, that's why they paid him all that money. That's why he's going to make, he's going to make a lot of money this year because he's got all those bonuses, right? 250000 for a game, another 100000 if they win. So this, you know, he, he's the starter now. He knows, it's not like he went somewhere else and he's got to learn a whole new system. Oh, no. he, he knows the system. He knows the players. He should fit right in. He should. And I would imagine this week, he did fine last week against Seattle. I would imagine this week would be even better for Jimmy G because I'm sure the game plan that was in place last week was for Trey Lance and not for Jimmy Garoppolo. And so now you can tailor it more to Jimmy G and what he does. Now, there's some injuries they're dealing with, too, especially at the running back position. But their defense gets after it. Russell Wilson, the Nathaniel Hackett thing has been really, it's been a rough start for him how he, you know, ended the game against Seattle with the decision to kick the 64 yard field goal. Last week, Bronco fans apparently were counting down the play clock for the offense because there were so many violations and they were, and they were so disjointed. Kittle's back for this one, right? And Kittle is back for San Francisco. That's a big deal right there. Yeah. Two one and one teams, they play on Sunday night football. The Seattle Seahawks, not overly caring about them. We don't think they're going to be very good. Just being honest, they're hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Seattle's offense has gone six straight quarters without scoring. Yeah, and listen, this is kind of what you should have expected. I mean, Geno Smith is the quarterback. You know, they won against Denver. It was a surprise. They come back. They don't play well against San Francisco. No touchdowns uh, by Geno Smith in that one. Look, Geno's been in this league for a long time, and he's been on a bunch of different teams, the Jets, the Giants, the Chargers, and now, but he's been with Seattle for a number of years. I I would expect that they... They want to get one of the top draft picks. They want to draft their quarterback of the future, and that they're going to take it on the chin this year with Gino as their quarterback. Uh, and to be honest, you could almost say the same thing about the Atlanta Falcons. One of the previews I was reading about this game called it a battle of the bridge quarterbacks, and that's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Marcus Mariota's in the same boat. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think highly, more highly of him than we do Geno Smith, but he's not the long-term answer in Atlanta, and everybody knows it. The other NFC game to keep an eye on this weekend is at the same time as the Cardinals game. Packers-Bucks, Green 
Green Bay is one and one to start the season. Tampa Bay is two and zero oh to start the year. Um, running, rushing offense. Both of these teams doing really well. Leonard Fournette's off to a good start. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon off to a good start. The quarterbacks are not. If you're looking at total QBR so far this year, Tom Brady is twenty third in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is twenty fifth in the NFL. That will work itself out, right? I would I tend mean, to think so too. Yeah, the defenses for both teams are off to a really good start so far, though. Yeah, they've played, the Packers have played the Bucks twice with Tom Brady in Tampa, and they've lost both games, so they haven't won that game yet. This will be, you know, listen, this, these are two of the best quarterbacks that have ever played the game, and uh, you know, you, the Packers are 1-1, the Bucks are 2-0. and If the Bucks can win this game, you know, you start to think about you know, early, but you start to think about okay, you've got a two-game lead over the Packers with home field advantage. You know, I always used to say, you don't want to go to Lambeau in January, but the Packers lose so many freaking playoff games in, in January. Right, they always lose it in January at home. Like even to the 49ers, like how do you lose to the 49ers at home? It's cold. It's supposed to win that game, but still, I still think you would like to avoid that if you can. If the Bucks can win this game, you know it's at Raymond James Stadium. They would be up two games on the Packers with the tiebreaker over them. Aaron Rodgers has thro- thrown three pick sixes in his entire career. Two have happened in that stadium. Two have happened against the Bucks in that stadium. He's got one career pick six everywhere else he's ever played in his life. Considering how that's long a, he's played, that's, that's, odd. An, that's a weird that's stat. That's an odd stat. Very weird stat. One other game that I'm somewhat interested in, and that's the Bengals at 0-2. They were a Super Bowl team a year ago. They're one loss to the Jets away from starting 0-3 this season. That hasn't happened for a team that played in the Super Bowl the year before in 20 years. Well, you know what they should probably do is they should probably put in the film of Remember the Titans, released 22 years ago today. Yeah. They should probably go Remember the Titans, get a little motivated, watch a great foot. Which, by the way, Mitch has never seen Remember the Titans. I was talking to Mitch today, 22 years ago. I think it was Remember the Titans got released. Like, I never saw the movie. How do you never see Remember the Titans? Kind of in your in your like it's I, a great movie. I would get it if you were like some old guy, you know, and you just you didn't see it. But you, that's in terms of your age, that's kind of a wheelhouse sports movie for you. Twenty two years ago, remember the Titans premiered the story of Herman Boone and T C Williams High School still inspires today. Twenty two years ago, Burnsy. In your defense, Mitch? the way I described it to Gambo when I told him that I haven't seen it, it was one of those movies that you when you. When I was living with my parents, when I was a lot younger, so like in high school or whatever, flipping through the channels and then, oh, remember the Titans is on and it's like TBS or TNT or whatever it is. It's not going to get this one. And the commercial comes on and it's like, all right, on to the next thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I hated commercials as a kid. So if a commercial would come on, you just flip it to something else. I'm done. And I just never made it back. That was the end of it. Well, hold on. I think I got you. I don't know who directed it. I knew it! I don't know who directed it. I knew it! I, I knew it! I don't know who directed it. I don't. Sorry. Directed by Boaz Yakin. What? Directed by Boaz Yakin. Let me see that name. Let me see. I'm telling you, I knew I was going to get you there. Boaz Yakin, right here. All right, he is uh, an Israeli American. Screenwriter and film director. Yeah, yeah. Got me on that one. He has written screenplays for films like The Rookie Fresh, A Price Above Rubies, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, and Now You See Me, and directed the 2000 sports drama Remember the Titans. 
You would have got me on that one. I got you. I had no idea. I My favorite part of that movie is when the, the, the big, you know, fat offensive lineman starts singing, Ain't No Mountain High Enough <laughs> in the course. Locker Room. Oh, yeah. That, that, that song Ain't had a nice no renaissance because of that. Oh, my it's God. A, so yeah. it's great movie. It's great movie. movie. Really good movie. Yep. That's what the Bengals should do. Watch Remember the Titans and you'll you'll, you'll Maybe respond. that's their motivation. Yeah. Uh, why not? What's, uh, what are the Arizona Diamondbacks going to do about their bullpen? Oh, my God. Can they watch Remember the Titans? Oh. Will that help them at all? Or should they watch Bull Durham? or Major League or maybe something more inspiring relative to their sport. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up. We'll preview the game and lament last night's loss through the bullpen next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. In a way, it's kind of hard to believe the final three home games of the season start tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then after that, they end the season on a eight-game road trip with two in Houston, three in San Francisco, and three in Milwaukee. So as far as games at Chase Field go, 11 games left. Tonight is it. Yep, 11 games on the season left for the Diamondbacks, starting tonight at home against the San Francisco Giants. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up as soon as we're done here on the Burns and Gambo Show. 641st pitch. You'll hear all the action right here on the flagship home of the Diamondbacks. Your pitching matchup for tonight, it is brought to you by Native Interiors. Your floors, your way. Text the word floors to 620-620 to get more information about Native Interiors as we look at tonight's pitching matchup. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, a familiar face is back. Tommy Henry, recall Recall. start the game. He's got three starts at Chase Field. He's given up two runs a fewer and two out of those three starts, so good to get him back on the mound. His last time out was against the San Diego Padres. He gave up five earned runs seven hits in four and a third. It was a rough one for him. He was sent down after that. The lefty is three and four with a 5.50 ERA. The run of lefty starters against the Diamondbacks continues. It seems like they've seen an awful lot of them lately. Carlos Rodon gets the start tonight. 13 and eight, 2.84 ERA. And Bernsey, he's pitching on eight full days of rest. So he had his originally scheduled start this past Tuesday, pitched pitched, uh, pushed to tonight night because he had a blister and he wanted to let that blister heal. He's battling for the NL strikeout lead with Corbin Burns. Burns leads it right now with 223 strikeouts. Radon is second with 220. So if he would to earn the strikeout title this year, he'd become the sixth giant in the modern era to top the NL and the second uh, giant to do so. Yep, he's, uh, he's good and he's clearly well rested. As for the Diamondbacks themselves, boy, they had a chance last night to do something kind of special during a season in which some good things have happened. I don't want to completely write off the season. There have been some very good things that have happened for the Diamondbacks, but a chance to win a series in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, something they have not done since April of 2018. They had the guy they would handpick to be on the mound to accomplish that in Zach Gallen. He pitched maybe his best game ever as an Arizona Diamondback, and that bullpen let him and let them and 
and let everybody down. A 2-1 lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and they could not hold yeah. on to the lead. Look, I, I mean, a good thing is that after the game was over, they did not allow those guys on the team plane <laughs> you know, to come back here. They told them to walk home, so I don't know how long it will take them, but the entire bullpen was told to walk home after the game. No, it should have been. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I, it, it's so it, it's humiliating. It's They should be embarrassed. That bullpen should be embarrassed. 37 losses, most in Major League Baseball. Guy pitches his, his butt off, and you come out there, and you blow the lead in the ninth so he doesn't get the win. Hurt his Cy Young Award chances. I don't understand Labello's thinking either on this, and I, I, I don't mind saying it because it's ridiculous. I mean, Zach Allen should have went out there in the ninth inning. Didn't he strike out the side in the eighth? I believe so, yeah. I mean, why, why is he not? He doesn't have 100 pitches yet. He's a 98. Let him go out there and start the ninth. If he puts a runner on base, okay, take him out. But man, give the guy an opportunity to get the win himself because you know what the, you know, it's not like you've got a great closer. It's not like Mariano Rivera is coming through and closing. You don't have a good closer. It makes no sense to me that you wouldn't throw Gallon out there for the ninth and let him throw, you know, 10, 12, 15 more pitches and go get that win. Reyes Maranza came on, gave up a double to Cody Bellinger to lead off the inning. Yep. Then after a Trey Turner ground out, Freddie Freeman was intentionally walked. Will Smith singled to load the bases. Joe Mansupply came in, gave up the RBI single to Max Muncy, tied the game 2-2. It was an infield hit. It was yeah, an infield uh, it, Yeah, but it, and then after a Justin Turner strikeout, Mookie Betts, the pinch hit, walk-off single. Three and two pitch. And that was that, and you said it, lead the league in losses by a bullpen. They've got the fifth worst ERA among bullpens in Major League Baseball. They've got one of the worst save percentages in all of Major League Baseball. It's been a disaster, and and Maranza, that was the new plan, right? Like They, yeah. they had kind of said a couple of weeks ago, okay, no more Ian Kennedy in that role, mm-hmm. no more Mark Melanson in that role, let's try something else. Last night was something else, and that failed too. They just can't find the right guy in that pen to close it out. No, and it's too bad. Zach nobody. Gallen deserved so much better. Of course. Okay. He, so deserved, much to, better. he deserved to pitch the ninth. Yeah. And, it's, and not it's, like, hey, it's not like you have a closer. It's not like you have somebody you feel comfort, comfortable giving the ball to. You know, you got to you blew an opportunity for Zach Gallon to get a win. I mean, he's obviously a Cy Young candidate. Another win would have helped him. Sure. You know, that would have helped if he would have got a nice win right there. Instead, he comes away with a no decision instead of a win. I understand you're not going to the playoffs. You're not going anywhere. But come on. What are we talking about? What are we we're talking one about? More one more inning, 20 more pitches. Really? Right. Come on. Yeah. Stop. I'm glad you mentioned his Cy Young odds. I mean, they're not great, but at least he's on the list. Um, Alcantara is still, uh, in, in terms of the gambling, Odds. He's still the odds on favorite. The matchup we saw last night, uh, Urias and Gallon, those are two guys that are very much on the list. And I, and I know you've believed this for a while now. You hold Gallon's season numbers next to Alcantara's and Urias's? Yes. It's, I mean, he's I can make an argument right that he there. deserves it. He's right yes. there. In, I, I I think he deserves. That's why I'm like you know another win. Like all of that stuff looks good, right? When these voters are, are voting, you know you, he should have had another win last night. He has the streak, the you know the consecutive scoreless streak. That's going to help him. Uh, man, I, I I I can make a real good argument that Zach Allen deserves to be this uh, young winner. You could, you could. I don't think he's going to get it, but I think you could certainly make that argument. The on the farm report is brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. 
one affiliate for the Diamondbacks in action tonight, Reno, taking on Las Vegas. Then it's your MLB standings, and those are driven by Trucks Only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Your division, your division leaders right now in the American League, the Yankees, the Guardians, and the Astros, they all have very big leads. In the wild card race in the American League, Toronto 1, Tampa Bay 2, Seattle 3, Baltimore trying to make one final push. They're four games back of the Mariners for the last spot. In the National League, your leaders in the standings, the Mets in the East, the Cardinals in the Central, the Dodgers in the West. Your wild card teams there continue to be the Braves, the San Diego Padres, and the Philadelphia Phillies. The, the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers are two and a half back, back of okay. that last spot. Right. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. D-backs keys to the game. Presented by Mist America. Home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. Well, Shelby Miller makes his Giants debut. Rackham, the former D-back, Shelby Miller, is on the Giants now. Here's your key to the game. Wilma Flores, former D-back, 9 for 21 in his past five games. He leads the Giants with only 69 RBIs, but he is their league leader. But check this out. Entering tonight, he has the ninth highest on-base plus slugging percentage at Chase Field among active players. I'm down with OPS. Not only J.D. Martinez, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryan, Albert Pools, Trevor Story, Corey Seager, Starling Marte, and Justin Upton have a a higher OPS. So he plays very well here at Chase Field. So the key is to shut down Wilma Flores. Christian Walker also going for another home run tonight. Maybe a couple if he can get it. He's at 36, tied with Paul Goldschmidt, fifth all-time in franchise history. We're out of here. Diamondbacks baseball's next. We'll see you Monday on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.